Your CPU is vulnerable, Chrome is fixing itself, AI is playing video games and losing at them, and we've got X3D benchmarks. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're gonna be going over the hottest tech news I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And we're gonna start off today talking about AMD disclosing a severe vulnerability that is in their AMD Ryzen Master software. So if you happen to use this for any sort of CPU application that you have an AMD chip for, you likely want to update this because it allows for lower level users on a computer to end up getting higher level account permissions and making it so that they can execute things on a computer that they normally otherwise couldn't. It's not hugely vulnerable because you still have to have local access to a computer, in which case there's probably a lot of other vulnerabilities that you could exploit. But regardless, it's something that you probably just don't wanna have sitting on your system. So update AMD Ryzen Master software. Thank you AMD for disclosing this, telling people what to do and making it so it's a simple solution to move forward, which is what Valve wants you to do with on the Steam Deck. Move forward with local transfers when it comes to Steam games. Stop worrying about your access actual data cap that you have on your internet service provider because they just shipped a beta update that will allow for local network game transfers via your gaming PC down to your Steam Deck so that you don't have to download the same game twice, potentially causing you hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes. Or if you're in a multi-user household or at a LAN party and somebody only has a Steam Deck, Valve wants to make it so that you don't have to sit there waiting for everything to download. Instead, you could do it at the network capacity, which likely will still be slower than if you have like gigabit internet because the Steam Deck's not gonna be able to to go much faster than that, but still. It's not the only update we're getting. Google Chrome rolling out an update for something that they disclosed that they were gonna be doing late last year is memory and energy savings coming to the web browser. The Chrome memory saver rolling out, allowing for savings of up to 30% less memory on the web browser because it'll make inactive tabs free up the memory and then when you go back to it, it'll resume it and then take up the memory there again. It'll have an indicator that you can see right here saying that the tab is active again because it wasn't previous in case you have a whole bunch of tabs just sitting open on your system. Who would do such a thing when they make hot news every single day and have like 65 tabs while they're filming? Who know, Who would do that? But on top of that, there's gonna be some energy savings that Google's bringing out to Chrome, which will allow for visual effects and other things and background activity to be disabled, or you could set it up so that it only does that when your battery's at 20% or lower, or when you're unplugged on a laptop, something like that, likely not something that you need to implement on a desktop. But I wanna implement some of these hottest tech deals on my desktop, Reese. Desktop me. Hey friends, welcome back to EFT Deals, bringing you the hottest tech deals out on the internet. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. I enjoyed the heck out of mine, but right now it's time for deals. First up, we have the Western Digital Black SN850X. This two terabyte NVMe M.2 SSD is currently going for $159.99, which is $130 or 45% off. And then secondly, we have this Asus Z590 Wi-Fi Gundam Edition. This Intel LJ1200 socket motherboard is currently going for $153.89, which is 49% off. And then lastly, if you're feeling extra baller on a Monday, you can get the Samsung Odyssey Arc. This behemoth of a 55 inch 4K 165Hz super curved monitor is going for $1,999.99, which is $1,500 or 43% off. And like always, the links to all these and more will be in the video description down below. But until next time, I'm gonna hand you off back to Brett for the rest of your hot news. Cheers. That was weird. Sorry for that transition. And I'm gonna transition weirdly into the iPhone 15 Pro because 9to5Mac has some renders of what they are expecting the next generation iPhone to look like and it looks like 
the current one, except for the uh, camera bump is a little more zhuzhed out. As you can see there, it's got a little extra thickness. There's not gonna be a whole lot of revolutionary physical design changes that are coming to this next generation, at least according to all of the major sources out there, besides the fact that it is likely to get USB-C and there are actual pictures, not renders of this, also showing it with a matte titanium design. Whereas the current iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max have a stainless steel reflective finish. This is gonna be a slight change in that to make it a little bit more like the Apple Watch Ultra where it's a bit more matte, but additionally that USB-C is likely to come out to what it appears to be every single iPhone out there, not just in the EU. Like it has been speculated on because the European Union passed laws that was gonna force Apple to do it, it looks like they're gonna take up that adoption altogether. We did mention in an episode of Hot News last week that there is some documentation out there indicating that Apple might limit the USB-C charging with an authenticator chip, making sure that you're only using authentic Apple charging cables if that's what you want to do. They don't tend to implement that on any of their other USB-C charging devices like an iPad, so it remains to be seen whether or not they'll do it to the iPhone 15, but the changes are likely coming. We'll have to see, are they gonna do it in a good way or are they gonna do it in the Apple way? Speaking of things getting leaked, Doblo 4 leaking itself because it's gonna have an open beta campaign starting on March 24th. In case you wanna engage with the brand new game, March 17th is gonna be early access. The game does launch in June, but Blizzard making sure that you can at least test the game out before it does officially release. And Roblox wants AI to test games out or at least generate them because they're announcing a generative AI that's going to allow game developers on Roblox to more easily make the things that they want in their video games and potentially even make it so that gamers can do this as well. This appears to be part of the AI wave of textual neural nets that are out there for game development in a more of independent developer scenario that Roblox tends to have where people can make their own games and AI seems like it's gonna make it a little bit easier, especially for people who don't necessarily have an artistic skill. They can have the AI generate some of the things that they have envisioned without having to go through the painstaking effort trying to figure out how to create it themselves. However, this does come in concert with the fact that Roblox has been accused of being predatory when it comes to young game developers and taking advantage of them. And so this could potentially be a way that they make it easier for game developers to make games, but then also don't compensate them as fairly because they say the AI did it rather than paying the people whose vision was actually out there. In case you wanna know more about that, People Make Games did a great two-part documentary on this if you wanna find out more about all of that. But Minecraft, instead of wanting you to develop develop the game with AI, they're gonna have a way for you to play the game with AI because there's internal Minecraft demo that allows an AI to just do what you want instead of having to learn recipes or go find out all of the stuff, it can complete a task for you. It'll just build the structure. You just have to say what you want and Microsoft's gonna make the AI play video games for you, which just brings up an interesting question of like, yes, theoretically, an AI could do this, but it's also like a cheat code in my mind of like, there, there are ways that the computer could have already assisted me in several different video games, but the satisfaction that I get out of the entertainment aspect of video games is the fact that I did it myself. Is it just gonna be that this will unlock super creativity where people can do a whole lot more, or does this actually like restrict it and make it so that people can't enjoy it as much because they're having a computer do all of the work for them? Let me know what you think. It's a whole complicated situation down below in the comments, and a whole complicated situation is how 
AI is going to handle beating humans at literally everything. This has been the case in the board game Go for the last seven years. An AI has been dominating the human players for quite some time. But finally, a human has defeated a computer in Go for the first time, where an American player beat the AI 14 out of 15 games. However, the way they did that was also by using AI to find out what a strategy was to beat regular AI that had been trained. And they found a way that they can encircle the opponent and make it so that the AI couldn't pay attention to the move that was going to cause them to get defeated. But that was by the help of using technology to figure out where the technology's weakness was, which likely will mean that it needs to be trained even more to make it harder to defeat. And then we need even faster computers to figure out how to defeat them and pretty sure this is the plot of the matrix but humans are back on top after the, the cyborgs merging together with computers and GoDaddy is on bottom because it's been revealed that they've actually been part of a multi-year security breach where hijacked customer data websites accounts internal things external things have been vulnerable for quite some time with unknown actors being able to steal company source code customer and employee login credentials and install malware that redirected customers websites to malicious sites part of this was because the threat actor gained access to the cPanel hosting servers and made it so that GoDaddy and everything that they were hosting was a big problem. This took place from 2020 till 2022. Let me know, does this affect you at all? Were you hosting with GoDaddy? Have you had other issues or companies that you've used that had been hosted on GoDaddy where they've had some exploit working with them? I want to hear from you about all of that down below in the comments. And I got to tell you that ASRock knows the way to exploit my heart because they're announcing the four PCI Express 5.0 SSD cards this thing, the Blazing Quad M.2 card, I obviously love these, especially with all my adventures that I've had with the PlayStation 5, trying to get a ton of storage to work on it. This, I want to put it on a PS5. I don't know how well it would work, but I want it. It has fans, it has quad slot, can go up to 128 gigabytes per second. You could just have the NVMe RAID cards that fast. That's insane. I have no practical use case for it, but every desire for it indeed, which is exactly how I feel about the X3D chips that are coming out from AMD. We're getting benchmarks out from them finally. No practical use case. I don't need my video games to run this fast, but benchmarks coming out for Ashes of the Singularity showing that the 7900 X3D is about 87.5% faster than the 7900X. However, just take in mind that Ashes of the Singularity, not the most reliable benchmark, especially when it's just hosted on its own. Then if you look at the conglomeration, we also got benchmarks of the 7950X3D benchmarks and more traditional applications like Geekbench and Blender. And it turns out that it's slower than the 7950X, which is to be expected because that's exactly how the 5800X3D behaved in regular applications versus gaming. But you can see the 7950X3D here coming in slower than the 7900X in single core, almost being at 7700X level and losing out to the 7950X in multi-core and getting beat out completely by the 13900K. You can also see in Sysoft, Sandra and Blender benchmarks that the 7950X3D is about 5.4% slower than the non-X3D variant. And part of this is due to the lower clocks that have to happen because of the 3D vCache generating more heat. It likely will only be better in video games. We know this, people are hotly anticipating that it's about a week until they officially launch. 
who knows how much stock there's going to be. AMD also not releasing what is likely going to be the best chip, which is the 7800X3D, because from everything we're hearing behind the scenes, the 7900X3D and the 7950X3D should perform the exact same in video games, and the 7800X3D is going to be the exact same as well. So AMD is not releasing that because they want you to buy the higher end chips first, make all of their money there, and then once it's actually made it so that they can produce enough of them in April, they'll be launching the 7800X3D, which I disagree with. It's a good business decision, but it's bad for the customer, at least in my opinion. I want to hear, are you excited for the X3D chips? Let me know down below in those comments like I've asked you everything else. I'm going to uh, uh, leave you like I do every episode because hotness is over. See you tomorrow.